And good morning, NASCAR fans. Welcome to Green White Checkered here on ESPN Radio. Been so long that, that I've been wanting to say that. And hey, we are here. We have made it to the start of the NASCAR Cup Series season. And it listen, it is one of the shortest off-seasons in sports uh, with, with NASCAR. I mean, we just wrapped up in November, and we're back to it in February. But for us race fans, man, that, that's all we know. You know, we, we know uh, that three-month wait, and it still feels just as long, I feel like, as, as the college football wait to some of us. So, man, so happy to be back uh, with NASCAR and so insanely excited for this 2022 season. Of course, we have Brandon Bain uh, from Rubbin' and Grubbin' there at Coach's Corner every Wednesday night at 6, back here with us as well, and I know he is absolutely amped uh, to talk some NASCAR here on Green White Checkered this morning also and, and have a ton to talk about, so many different subjects to go through and so many different talking points when it comes to the 2022 season. Of course, we have the Daytona 500 today, and we'll be making our picks uh, for that here later in the show. But Brandon, a few weeks ago, there was a NASCAR race in the L.A. Coliseum for the Bush Clash. And haven't got a chance to talk about that yet. I want to be able to review it a little bit here and, and talk about the excitement that was. And first of all, I just want to bring up, people might say, why was that race there in the first place? First, I mean, I thought it was an amazing venue. I thought it was so fun to watch a quarter-mile racetrack uh, as well to have all those cars on and be duking it out. You have the next-gen car out there as well. But Brandon, I think what was huge about that event and it was an event with with musical artists and things like yeah that ice cube in the mid-race break uh but but what a huge part of that was is social in, engagement with the fans and with new fans and there, there were about seven i i thought i heard that about 70 percent of the fans who bought tickets had never been to a nascar race and and that is huge that's exactly why you go and do something like that i feel like uh in los angeles and to me it was a success i know we had some some issues with the car itself and with some mechanical issues but i think you're going to have that no matter what whenever you have new parts and and new cars uh driving around the racetrack but for the race itself i thought it was exciting it was fun there were comers and goers but Joey Logano and Kyle Busch were up there all day Joey Logano wins uh, the Bush Clash and Brandon first of all welcome in glad to have you on back here for 2022 uh, but your thoughts on the Bush Clash there from a few weeks ago oh yeah definitely thanks for having me back PJ uh, this is something I look forward to all year man like you said this is a uh, it's one of the shortest off season in sports but it's long to us because we uh, we absolutely love this racing but yeah the bush class I mean you know there was so much backlash and kind of uh, in between back and forth between you know some older older NASCAR fans and I, I would say our generation or newer generation NASCAR fans um, and to be honest I, it, I think it's exactly the shot in the arm that the sport needed uh, you, you hit the nail on the head whenever you said, you know, a lot of new eyeballs on the sport, a lot of new newcomers that have never watched NASCAR got to put eyes on it and kind of see what the sport's all about. And, and you know, let's be honest, the, the racing is awesome, right? We, we all love the racing, but it's, it's the event. It's going and, and being able to connect with, you know, your favorite driver and see him and, and maybe get an autograph or take a picture and the concerts that you have and, and just the camaraderie of the sport. But, um, you know, what a better venue than, than the Coliseum. I mean, so historic out there. 
there uh, for them to be able to put this together, to spend the money to make this event happen, build this track, um, and then go and put on a good show. Because at the end of the day, we can we can hype it up all we want, and we can we can have any artist that you'd like do concerts and all these things for fans to do. But if you're a true race fan, true NASCAR fan, and the racing is no good, it's kind of a fail because you have all these new eyes on there in a mediocre race. Um, but it did not disappoint at all. I thought the heat was really neat. I thought the way they qualified throughout the day for that race or throughout the weekend for that race and, uh, you know, get get down to the main event and you hit it, man. I mean, Kyle Busch up there leading for a while. Logano got by him uh, late there on that on the restart, made the outside work, and, and it's history. You know, Joey Logano, first ever, uh, you know, next-gen car winner, and nobody can take that from him. But, um, you know, not only is it the debut of the season, you know, kind of getting the season kicked out, it, it was that first race of the next-gen car. You know, we've heard so much anticipation over the past couple of years of what NASCAR is building and what we're doing. And, um, you know, last season came to the end of an air. No more uh, in-house built chassis and in-house built parts. They're all uh, supplemented to you through NASCAR's outlets and their third-party uh, distributors. So it, it was it was a hit and miss, you know, and it, and it kind of uh, came down, like you said, to a couple part failures, which I think we're going to have. Uh, and, and I think it just adds a little bit more into the sport of making sure that, you know, your crew and your crew chiefs and your team go over and check every single part, um, you know, numerous times throughout the weekend to make sure, hey, we're not damaged here. We need to replace this. Um, but, man, what, a, what an amazing race and what an amazing event. I think NASCAR did an absolutely fantastic job putting that together. The entertainment side of it was awesome. Um, and, and, you know, just to touch note on it, uh, to me, it, not only was it a great NASCAR race and a, and a very vast lineup, but just the diversity throughout the artists that you saw from Ice Cube to Pitbull um, to the DJ that played. I mean, th- this is putting all different uh, origins and, and types of people together and types of music and bringing it all to one. And who would have ever thought it was NASCAR that would do that? Yeah, no, no, you're exactly right. Now, I think that was was very smart, and, and I think, uh, like you said, uh, that's a great way to put it. I, I think it was just the uh, shot in the arm that that I think uh, NASCAR needed it and the community needed, without a doubt. And uh, I think it did bring a lot of eyes to the sport. I think if if you were at the racetrack uh, there a few weeks ago, I think you walked away happy, even if that was uh, your first NASCAR event. I feel like you walked away really excited about uh, what you saw and entertained with what you saw as well and uh, I think for for, like you said kind of an our generation type of of fan also I was very very pleased with it uh, from a lot of different angles I liked the racing I enjoyed the heck out of it Uh, that quarter mile track was was insane and fun to watch as a huge college football fan I never thought I'd see a NASCAR race in the LA Coliseum and I didn't even know how they were gonna do it like just uh, just infrastructure-wise, how it was going to come down to it. And, uh, th- of course, they, they made it happen beautifully, and it made the racing beautiful there as well. It, it, the, the feel of it was kind of like Bristol midseason, and I didn't think we were going to have that either. But I do love how it kind of displays you get 20-something guys that close to each other with cars, and, and with that little room, there's going to be tempers flying whether there's points on the race or not. And I thought throughout the whole day, throughout the whole weekend, I think think we saw that displayed, and that was super fun um, as well. And uh, yeah, with with the new cars, uh, like you said, Joey Logano will be the first one in the books uh, to come away with with a win in that next gen car. And I was actually pretty pleased with with what I saw. Now I I, I still 
say that I, I need to see it today. I need to say the D- Daytona 500, and I, and I need to see it uh, on some of those half-mile and, and two-mile tracks to really, really get my opinion on it. But uh, at the end of the day, I, I do lo- uh, enjoy the, the racing that we saw. I, I was pleased with the power that we saw uh, from the cars as well. The single lug pit stops are, are going to be different to get used to, but at the same time, I, I think they, they are, you know, somewhat welcome to the sport so we'll see how that works out moving forward um, and of course at the end of the day yeah you would you would hope to see more efficiency and, and basically less issues uh, with the NASCAR supplied parts uh, but I think you're going to have that uh, here to, to start the season most likely and probably some kinks that NASCAR will be working through uh, kind of all throughout the year and I think you have to expect that with, with any kind of uh, change like this big swing like this uh, in, in NASCAR and uh, something that we saw with the cars of tomorrow and, and everything like that as well. So uh, we'll, we'll move through the season as it gets kicked off later today with the Daytona 500 and certainly uh, insanely pumped about that. But when we come back, don't want to burn all our time here. When we come back, we'll talk about some of the big events from this week. Of course, qualifying, the qualifying dual races there as well at Daytona, which were packed with excitement. We'll talk about all that when we come back here on Green White Checkered on ESPN Radio. And welcome back. It's Green White Checkered here on ESPN Radio. PJ Zuko, Brandon Bain here with you as we get set for the Daytona 500. Uh, be sure also to, to tune in, check out uh, Brandon Bain and Rubbin and Grubbin there at Coach's Corner every Wednesday night at 6. Brandon will bring you all the latest news in NASCAR uh, there midweek and also get you pumped and ready for the weekend. Be sure to go out to Coach's Corner, get some dinner and enjoy that, uh, the entertainment or check it out on uh, Facebook Live there on Coach's Corner's Facebook Live every Wednesday night at 6 for rubbing and grubbing with our guy Brandon Bain. But uh, Brandon, this is the beautiful thing about uh, coming back to racing and, and racing for the Daytona 500. You have events and fun stuff all week to get ready for the Daytona 500. Of course, you have qualifying. And uh, on the front row, we're going to have Chase Elliott and Kyle Larson. Uh, so they are locked in to the front row no matter what. Uh, no matter what happened there in, in those uh, dual races. Well, speaking of the dual races, some crazy finishes and some some wild racing that we saw there throughout those two in the first one Brad Keselowski in his first race uh, there with now Roush Fenway Keselowski racing he brings the six heart car home in victory lane um, there in, in the first dual race uh, in the number six four laps led but uh, hey at the end of the day you only need to lead one and Brad Keselowski got it done yeah, I tell you what, PJ, that was a that was a pretty big move. I mean, if anybody's been watching the sport, knows uh, Brad Keselowski is one of the best at it when it comes to these super speedway style racing. He always seems to be able to uh, put himself in the right place at the right time, and definitely knows how to make the right move. So, not not surprising there. Uh, and and if you go back, I mean, look at look at what we've seen over the last couple of years out of Roush Fenway at Daytona. Uh, Busher's been up there contending for wins. You know, Ryan Newman there before before the really bad accident he had was up front, uh, you know, coming there, had a shot to win it. So it's not a surprise that, uh, you know, Roush brings some horsepower and brings some good cars there. But, uh, you know, I, I couldn't be more excited for that Hendrick front row. I think that makes, uh, I want to say, four or five times in a row that, that Alex Bowman's made that front uh, set at Daytona. Yeah. And just Hendrick all the way around showed a lot of power. Um, you know, you saw Chase Elliott and William Byron all have good runs through that first round of qualifying, which I thought was really neat this year. They added in that second round for the top ten fast 
fastest cars to come out and run that second lap um, to set that front row. I thought that was a little exciting, adds a little bit more to it. Uh, but I tell you what, all the way around, you know, it, it's going to be very interesting when you watch uh, the speed that it seemed like Chevrolet had on the single car qualifying, but then you see the speed that Ford had throughout the duels. Um, it's going to come down, I think, to pit stops today. Uh, you know, we, we know our stages are coming to an end. Uh, we know where we're going to pit there, but any time that we're going to pit under green, uh, as we saw in both duels, uh, it can either make or break your race. I mean, uh, the Chevrolets were, were out front there on the Fords in the first one, and they came into pit road and, and lost all that track position and time, and were never able to make it back up there to that group of Fords that was running. Um, and then there again in the second one, we saw it with the Toyotas. We saw Denny Hamlin spin out. We saw a few other guys have some issues on pit road, um, and, and it just costs you. It, it's really hard, it seems like, from what I've seen from this car, uh, the next-gen car, to make that time up regardless of the size of the pack. Um, if you get three, four, five seconds back without something happening, it's going to be really tough to make that run back up to the front pack. But uh, what an exciting what an exciting week there at Daytona so far through the qualifying. Uh, like you said earlier, Brad Keselowski bringing home that win in the first duel uh, and then turning around and, and, you know, Logano leading a good bit of that second one there and coming down to uh, getting down to the money the money lap there and, and going for the checkers and, uh, you know, kind of makes the wrong move and, and put himself in a bad position and Busher never lifted and ended up coming home with that win. Uh, but the one thing I will say is I do give a lot of respect to Joey Logano for that. Uh, never admit, you know, never blamed anybody else other than himself that, hey, I just made the wrong move, made that move a little too late, wrong move at the wrong time. So I think that speaks volumes on, on how he's growing and, and the mindset he's coming into the 2022 season with. But super excited, uh, you know, for this 500. I mean, we've got so many, not only, you know, new teams that are in it, uh, we also got a lot of guys and drivers and sponsors that are first time in it. I mean, you know, Kaz Grala there has been in it before, but, you know, Floyd Mayweather money team race car. You turn around, you've got Greg Biffle making the comeback there in the Grambling State University car. Uh, I mean, Noah Gregson made the 500 and the 62 that you know that famous car there for the last few years um, that didn't uh, try to run the 500 last year due to the death of the, the owner um, but the wife carrying it on I mean there's just so many great storylines here leading into today uh, you know Denny Hamlin looking for his fourth 500 I, there's just so much we can sit here and talk about I, I am so stoked so ready for it I think this is going to be one of the better 500s we've seen over the last four or five years for sure yeah, yeah, no, I, I think it is too. And as you said, there, there's just so many different things, and we only have 30 minutes to to get to it here uh, on Greenway Checkered. But hey, we're we're gonna try and cover as as much as we can. But uh, as you said, that that racing was insanely exciting there throughout um, the the two dual races. And love what you said too about the importance of those green flag pit stops and and really any pit stops there, of course. But those green flag pit stops we've seen uh, so many times. I I think, you know, sometimes it it can be um, non-consequential. Everyone kind of cycles around a little bit, but it's still so technical and and everything has to be perfect. And I think we're so used to seeing, you know, these drivers who are the the best at what they do kind of go out there and get get mostly perfection that that we kind of get used to it but you mess up one thing in those pit stops or or, um, a driver communication uh, messes up one time in those green flag pit stops and you are out of the draft completely you could break up a a whole manufacturer uh, group like we saw with the Chevys uh, there in those dual races so uh, as you said that is that is so huge and is going to be big 
in the Daytona 500 today if we see those green flag pit stops and uh, when that communication comes down to it uh, not only now also are we are we having that communication with your team which maybe you're used to with a team Hendrick or a team Penske and you have four three or four guys that you're very much used to having communication with but now we're seeing more of this manufacturer communication so you're talking about 10 15 guys potentially coordinating when they're going to have a pit stop and and at the end of the day it's very hard to get through that without a mistake so the huge point now i think that that is something that sometimes gets overlooked and and uh, huge kudos to you to, to bring that up for sure uh but but yeah what's going to bring up the joey logano and chris B- busher finish there as well and, and as you said i do like what joey logano did and, and said there as he came down really kind of came down to block a little bit with chris busher chris busher that kept his foot uh, in the gas as you mentioned and when you're coming to the when you're coming to the checkered flag, it's it's hard to ask a guy to, to get off the gas uh, or anything like that, especially when, when he's going for a pass for the lead. So I think that is, uh, it, you know, a risk that is going to be weighed. I think we've seen it weighed a, a lot of times, especially in the Daytona 500. Do I block or do I not? And a lot of times it comes down to this is the Daytona 500 or, or this is, you know, how important this race is. I'm going to block. And, you know, the consequences are, are going to be what they are for that, whether someone gets wrecked or not. Um, and, and we heard, you know, Brad Keselowski just a few years ago kind of get aggravated at this point and say, hey, if people block, I'm going to run right through them. So th- this is uh, always a topic at these restrictor plate races, without a doubt. And at the end of the day, I, I think it's just two guys, you know, you talk about two guys going for the same space a lot of time. I think that's probably something we're going to see in the Daytona 500 today, and it might just be coming to the checkered flag. Yeah, you you said it, PJ. I mean, you know, the importance of, of the Daytona 500. One, I mean, this is the biggest race that NASCAR holds through the whole year. You know, the Super Bowls at the end of the season, college football playoff championship at the end of the season, and yeah, NASCAR has their championship at the end of the season. Uh, but I tell you what, this is the biggest purse race that NASCAR holds all year. This is their Super Bowl of racing. And, and not only that, I mean, uh, the prestigious win to get your name on that trophy with so many legends uh, at, at Daytona and, and be a 500 winner, uh, you locked yourself into the playoffs automatically. Uh, you know, the first race of the season, you can go through the through the next 20-plus races of, you know, critiquing what you guys do as a team and, and your car and, and just going about how we're going to go about running for this championship. Um, so it, it, it pays very good importance, not only, you know, there for the historic fact to get your name in the record books, but also it sets you up for the rest of your season. So I think that's huge. And, uh, you know, back, back to those pit stops, you know, we got we got to remember these guys, we, we just went from a 5 low down to a single lug so these teams are still working out the kinks as far as execution on their pit stops as well so I think that's something definitely we have to keep an eye on today Um, not only getting on and off pit road and how we do that but also uh, the efficiency that these teams uh, execute at Uh, it's just it's an amazing race I think it's going to be absolutely awesome today I'm so ready to get this going man I, I can't wait cannot wait absolutely same here and we can't wait and we'll let that show here as we come back in just a few minutes with our picks for the Daytona 500 who you should be looking out for who's going to find themselves in victory lane later today in the Daytona 500 the great American race we'll come back talk about that here on green white checkered on ESPN radio and welcome back it's green white 
right, checker to ESPN Radio, PJ Zuko, Brandon Bain here with you. Be sure to check out Rubbin' and Grubbin' every Wednesday night at 6 with our guy Brandon Bain there at Coach's Corner. You can go there live, have some great dinner, great entertainment as Brandon gets you caught up with, with all the information you need to know there midweek uh, there in NASCAR and, of course, gets you ready for the NASCAR race coming up every single weekend as well there at Coach's Corner, 6 o'clock every single week for Rubbin' and Grubbin'. But, uh, Brandon, the time is now, and uh, we're looking forward to this Daytona 500. We always go through our five guys, maybe a a dark horse to watch as well. But who are the five guys you're looking out for today? Who's going to find themselves in victory lane? Yeah, this is this is a tough list to come up with, PJ. Any yeah. any guy out there in the field today of those forty cars can go out and win this race. We've seen it happen. As a matter of fact, we saw a, a underdog win last year in Michael McDowell. So it, it's really hard to come up with this list. I think compared to any others, uh, but uh, history doesn't lie, man. And I got to go with the twenty-two. I mean, I, I think that he's got an amazing race car, good speed. Seems like he's got the handling down. He's got a lot of good equipment that's going to help him throughout the field with those Fords. So I got to take Joey Logano number one. Number two for me is another guy chasing a little piece of history there, uh, Denny Hamlin. We've seen him win this race three times. He seems to have a knack to always be there at the end, be there late. Uh, definitely knows how to make the move to go and, and get the checkered and get that win. So we'll uh, take Denny Hamlin second. Three for me. Got to go with my boy Chase Elliott. I mean, yet to win a 500, I, I feel like it's on the verge. We've seen Hendrick have great speed throughout the 500s through the last four or five years, uh, whether it be capturing the pole or the front row or being there late. I think as long as the nine keeps his nose clean today, stays out of trouble, executes on pit road, I think you'll see him possibly come home with a win as well. Four for me is another guy that seems to be the new generation of, uh, you know, restrictor plate racer or super speedway racer that really has a knack for it, and that's the 12 Ryan Blaney. I mean, great equipment there at Penske. Uh, we can pretty much say with, with Brad Keselowski moving on to Roush Fenway, uh, Keselowski racing and, and taking over that sixth ride that, that Ryan Blaney kind of takes that next step up in the pecking order, if you will. Uh, and I expect a really big season out of this 12 car this year. So we'll take him four. And five for me, surprising enough, uh, is going to be a guy that has yet to win a Daytona 500, but has pretty much won every single thing else in the sport there is to win. And that's going to be the eight car of Kyle Busch. I mean, he's not a great super speedway racer by no means. He's won a few here and there, uh, but I think maybe today's the day that he writes himself into the history books and, and finally gets that 500 win for him. A uh, little dark horse pick, you know, uh, I've left out a lot of good cars, but I think the six of Brad Keselowski is one you definitely got to keep an eye out on. Uh, he definitely has the equipment, knows what he's doing, knows how to make the moves. And I think another dark horse out there that you really need to watch, uh, just look for a good finish, maybe maybe not the win, is going to be Noah Gregson. Uh, I think the kid's got a lot of talent. He gets a little hot-headed here. If he can keep his temper under control, uh, keep a cool head inside that race car, I think he's definitely going to have a good run. I think that's a very good point. He's just so good at restrictor plate racing as a whole, and uh, those cars look good too as well. Got to look out for Brad Keselowski today. For my five, I-, I know this might be kind of the favorite pick. He talks about his history and his success lately there in the Daytona 500. It- it's Denny Hamlin. He gets around this place uh, so well, and especially he picked something up in the last uh, six or seven years that has been huge, especially at Daytona. He's not great at Talladega and doesn't seem to get the same finishes 
but man, he wins at Daytona and especially in the 500. So uh, this could mark him in the record books even more, giving Denny Hamlin for the win today in the Daytona 500. My number two, kind of same wavelength with you, Joey Logano. I know he'll have to go to a backup car, but I think he has the talent on restrictor plate races to wheel this thing to the front and compete for a victory. I'll take Joey Logano as my second favorite today. Uh, Number three, I'll have Ryan Blaney. This kid, so good at restrictor plate racing, and he's always at the front at the end of these races. It seems like at Talladega, he's had more success and more luck coming home with a clean race car and with some wins. Hasn't been able to do that at Daytona yet. We'll see if Ryan Blaney can keep the car clean there late and win or come home with a huge top five or top ten in the Daytona 500 later today. Love what you said about Kyle Busch, and I'm going to take him number four as well. Does this pan out like a Mark Martin type of career, though, where he gets so close but doesn't win the Daytona 500, or will he come home with it today or very soon and in one of these uh, next few years? We'll have to see. I have uh, Kyle Busch there at number four uh, for today. Number five. Maybe a dark horse to some people. To me, Martin Truex Jr. has been very solid at restrictor plate races, especially at Daytona. Uh, Almost came home with a win there a few years ago when Denny Hamlin was able to just beat him out. And look out for Martin Truex Jr. later today. If he's able to get through the wrecks, I think he'll come home with a very, very good finish. For my dark horse, I'm going to go with Eric Jones, a guy who punched his ticket into the playoffs a few years ago in the number 20 car with a win at Daytona. He's in the 43. Can he bring that thing back to victory lane or possibly a top five or top ten later today at Daytona. We'll have to see. Also, I think we'd be remiss not to mention the Daytona 500 defending champion Michael McDowell, who has been up front in the dual races in practice times and everything like that. The 34 is something to look out for later uh, today here in the 500. But for Brandon Bain, I am PJ Zuko, hoping you have a fantastic rest of your day. Enjoy the Daytona 500, and we'll be back here with you every single week on Green White Checkered on ESPN Radio 9 o'clock every Sunday morning to get you set for these big races in 2022. For Brandon, I'm PJ, hoping you have a fantastic rest of your day. Stay safe. God bless.